Welcome. Well, how did you go last week around the psychological stress? This week I want to pick one particular emotion that we're going to be discussing and that's anger. And uh, for me I used to avoid talking about anger and discussing anger and dealing with anger and, uh, and really mastering how to react and respond around anger management because it was something that I, I think I was aware that um, I'd been burying for a period of time is that emotion of anger. And, um, and I think that one of the things that I started to realize was when I was traveling through life and, and the exercise we did last week ranking that my happiness level was you know maybe a two out of ten there was a whole bunch of emotions that would sit above the surface that weren't necessarily being anchored to to anger but the more that I started to recognize that um, that there's only very few core based emotions think of prime numbers as an example there's a few prime numbers there's a whole lot of other numbers isn't there but the prime numbers when we get back to them are the really the key numbers um, that we work with in maths it's no different within your emotions so when you can um, break down all of the emotions and we get to say this one that you know is is the crux of a lot of destruction and a lot of um, psychological stress is anger and so imagine for yourselves a big bucket of emotions okay so we've got a big bucket a big like a cauldron and in there is every single emotion that we can experience and so what Kent and I used to do was um, play a little bit of a game which was mentally let's choose an emotion okay and we're going to pick it out and we're going to unwrap it and say oh anger and let's have a look at this emotion of how it plays out within our relationship because let's face it we've all experienced a form of anger within our relationship and certainly within our businesses um, or perhaps people that are attached within our businesses or perhaps family members or people that are around our businesses and when we can understand how um, that psychological stress really plays out around anger how we react and we respond around it then we can start to um, just acknowledge the fact that now I'm experiencing anger just like we pick back into that cauldron of emotions and we pick one out that says love okay if we pick out the emotion of love we conjure up a lot of different feelings than we do when we pick out the word anger and yet really they're just emotions aren't they and we choose our emotion and that's the first thing that I really want to um, get that clarity on is we choose to do anger. Now why would we choose an emotion such as anger to move us from where we are to get to the next place? And some of the reasons why I think I would choose anger was that it caused a spark in me to get a task done that I necessarily didn't want to get done. So anger is an incredible motivator when it comes to facing fear and when it comes to being productive because if you're angry enough sometimes you can use that energy to push through whatever limiting beliefs you have or whatever barriers that you've placed up that if you're in a state of love you just simply wouldn't get that task done because it wouldn't have enough priority another reason that we might use anger is, um, is perhaps from a competitive level is um, we might get angry that somebody's doing better than we are on an assumed level of competitiveness as if it is a race and we all need to amass certain things well then anger can be a fantastic motivator 
to be able to dig a little bit deeper to be able to produce a result that you might not necessarily have produced. And so we all use emotions in different formats and different ways, but anger is um, one that can be outwardly shown or inwardly felt. And so the, the next thing that I want you to have a think about is how you process anger. Okay, what happens when you personally get angry? And we want to have a think about a little mind map. If we put anger in the middle, first I want you to think about who are the people that make you the most angry? Okay, based on where you are at the moment, where is your anger stemming from? Is it a mother? Is it a father? Is it a brother? Is it a sister? Is it a business partner? Is it a spouse? Is it a child? Is it a neighbor? Is it a rival that you've had all of your life? Where does the anger, if you had to put a face to the word anger, whose face pops up straight away? And that person is there to help you to deal and process with that emotion of anger. So let's imagine that, that that face that pops up is there as a bit of a gift for you to start to realize that anger is just another emotion just like love or forgiveness or gratitude is an emotion. So we're now going to be learning about processing anger by having somebody, some other person, some physical mirror to be able to work with that energy. And once I started to play with anger, I actually got to the to, you know, quite a lot of new learnings that I'd never really discovered about myself before and started to realize that, you know, my nature, my true nature of who I'm being when I'm being my best is quite a competitive um, person, quite protective. And so if somebody um, comes and hurts somebody that's important to me, that's close to me, my natural response and reaction is anger. Now let's have a look in the wild. If we think about animals that um, when prodded and poked show anger, what kind of animals come to mind? Okay, so if we think about a hippopotamus, okay, that was the, uh, that was, I guess, the animal that um, one of my teachers had told me that was um, similar to my nature is that I'm a hippopotamus. So if you think of a hippopotamus, they look quite cute on the surface with their little ears and they're just sitting, not doing much in the mud. They've got their family around them, just playing in the sun, going from there to there, there to there. That's, that's what they do. They're very relaxed looking creatures from the television, aren't they, or from a brochure. Now, one thing that I wasn't aware is a hippopotamus is one of the deadliest animals in the world, in fact, in Africa, is the most deadly animal, kills more people than any other animal in Africa. Reason being is that if you encroach upon a boundary um, that has been set by that mother hippopotamus towards its children, then it will just reach out to kill. It won't have any consideration to be nice or to be, um, to be gentle. No, it'll crunch and crunch and crunch until there's literally not even any DNA material left to even identify the bodies. If you, those people are in a canoe, it will digest the entire canoe. It will just eat to kill. And that is something that that animal has as a protection mechanism to secure its family. So when you understand that about the hippopotamus, what rules do you set up around playing with hippos? Would you imagine that you would protect their boundaries and respect those boundaries if you would like to keep your life? So what I needed to realize was I hadn't got clear with my boundaries. 
So it was no wonder that, um, that my anger kept on rising to the surface when I was dealing with people that were encroaching upon my boundaries because I'd never set my boundaries and therefore my behaviour was unpredictable. And it was unpredictable to both of us. <laughs> it was unpredictable for me and it was unpredictable to the person that had broken a boundary that they, had, they weren't clear on. And so, you know, that was one of the major um, things that I needed to do was to firstly recognise my reaction and responses around anger. And to me, they seemed quick, um, quick reflexes. Um, they seemed destructive and they seemed that they hurt people a lot to the point where those people would rarely come back into my life um, because that anger had created a, a fear mechanism then in them that they never knew when that boundary would be broken again. And so as a young child, I think what, without having that knowledge or that, um, that knowing within myself that anger was okay, I would shut down a part of myself because I didn't want to appear to be that competitive person that was innately who I was. And so when I would get in competitive situations, I would fuel myself with anger to be able to win, but to the detriment of some of my team players or competitive team players because it was um, an emotion that I wasn't used to being able to harness very, very well. And in business, when I set out in business, because I had um, played very relaxed and, and, um, and calm and kind and friendly um, you know, for many, many years, when I then got myself into a competitive state within a, the business environment and anger would start to come up, I would continually try to suppress that emotion because I had deemed it as bad. Okay, so I put a tag on the emotion of anger that I judged the emotion in myself that I must be a bad person for thinking that, I'm a horrible person for wanting to smash my competition um, and you know basically if I had a team member that I was competing against then I felt like a bad leader because why would you want to compete against somebody that was within your team. And so there was a lot of judgment on that emotion. In the same way, I looked and worked with a lot of people that suppressed anger and showed anger from an internal viewpoint and made themselves sick. So although I had a lot of anger to process, it was usually an outward thing. And I was able to go and do exercise and sport and talk it out with mentors and things like that to be able to get through that. And yet a lot of the people that I coached um, weren't able to process anger at all. They had so much internal rage or internal anger that had never been allowed to be expressed that it was almost a fear for them that they had corked that emotion up and if it was ever allowed to be set free, it would be so destructive um, that they could lose everything that they'd ever built up. And so I think that that's really the question that you need to acknowledge is that um, when you do experience that emotion of anger, what happens to you? And we call that process perturbation, which is uh, Brad Sugar's word for the action of being perturbed. And when I first learned this process, um, it intrigued me. One, because I'd never heard of it before. It had never been documented in psychology that, that I had studied for, you know, for years and years. I had traveled the world and I'd met people that couldn't process emotion, but I never had a process that I could then help them to be able to see where they were blocking that emotion. And so what perturbation is, is, is basically when you've placed yourself under a great amount of pressure, then it's almost as if you've got this big bubble that is uh, you know, pushing up against 
a, a line. You've drawn a line in the sand to say, I will achieve something, and now the pressure's mounting. Now the only way to get through that line in the sand that we've drawn is we either need to break down to be able to, to push through, we need to break apart from traditions or maybe business partners that we're currently working with, or we need to break with um, the tradition or the normal processes and patterns that we've used in the past because it's not working for us. And the way that we know that we're experiencing it is that emotion will surface. Okay, so no different than if you want to boil a pot of water, that you would expect those molecules to speed up and eventually to pop and go into steam. Okay, if you capture that steam and then you put it back into a container, it turns back into water. Would you agree? So this process can go backwards and forwards all of the time and that's what perturbation is. We're basically, we're mostly water, aren't we? And so when we get angry, things start to, you know, heat up a little bit. Have you ever heard the concept of steam coming out of her ears? That's how mad she was, like, you know, and I get that picture really, really clearly for myself. When I get angry, it's a rage. It's something inside that is churning or turning and the heat is being turned up on how I'm going to react and respond. And so when anger starts to emerge, emotions are attached to anger and certainly um, emotion or energy in motion starts to occur. And some people cry when they get angry, some people yell, some people um, fight, some people hit, some people um, go quiet, very, 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 very in, inside of themselves, withdrawn and quiet. Um, some people retreat straight away, so they will just avoid confrontation at all manners and they will just run away. So the first thing that we need to accept is that we each process energy and motion differently or emotions differently. And um, what I found is that generally the people who, um, you know, stand and fight or cry are processing their anger externally and people who retreat or go quiet are processing it internally. And so not necessarily extroverted or introverted, just how we process emotion. And so what's very important is when you have somebody who processes emotion internally is that we're gauging what it is they're saying within themselves and how they're actually then getting that energy to move. Okay, so it, let's have an example. Somebody that might do an internal process might be very, very, very effective at something like yoga or Tai Chi because it will ground the energy and it will move it through. Okay, so they don't need to rant and rave and go, and go talk about it, but they still need to process it. People that do need a punching bag or they might need a boxing class or they might need um, you know, a big box of tissues is processing it externally. But what's important is how you're doing that and in what format you're doing it and what knock-on effects that that's having. And so whether or not we internalize or externalize our emotions, what we need to understand is it has a ripple effect for those that are around us. And in fact, I have experienced more psychological stress watching Kent go through anger than I've ever experienced having it myself. Because certainly when it's yourself happening, you're in the process, so you kind of know within the perturbation process it might take 
uh, no three days you might get that down to one day to three hours to three minutes I mean the whole goal is from beginning to end of the pressure that you can start the process move through the emotion get to the core issues surrender and let it pop through and then the tears come or you know the calmness comes however it is that it works through and so certainly when you're witnessing somebody else going through perturbation how do we react and respond to another and what I've generally found is it can't be uh, mastered in that place within perturbation because we haven't got any boundaries okay we don't know with clarity what is the best thing to do so what I did with the team um, that I was working on they're a very very successful team was um, we went away for a weekend and we went through this whole process of what is perturbation and, and why is it so effective in winning teams to be able to have a hundred percent you know commitment to the goal and then be there to support each other when the pressure's on just like a sporting team okay in the last three minutes we don't all want to drop our bundle and have a big argument in the middle of the court you want to get on and play the game business is no different three days out from the end of the month some people will give up on the goal other people will get angry and push through and achieve better than they ever have and um, some people will call in sick and just not turn up for the last three days so you're going to find that as a leader of teams and within your family that when you set a goal and put a date to it and you draw a line that everybody's going to react and respond completely differently so the first thing we need to do is get some boundaries some rules of the game around what is the best way to be supported through this process and we came up with a couple of games within business where um, we would have you know like soccer cards where you'd have a red card and a green card and yellow card so we would give people warnings and that worked as a bit of a fun way to let somebody know that their emotions were now starting to affect the team and certainly the customers so from a business standpoint when we were dealing with anger we needed a way visually to be able to cue to this person that it was now affecting us and kindly there's your first warning you have um, a 60 second period to be able to pull in that energy and be able to control it if you haven't done that after 60 seconds you might get the red card and you need to get out of the building okay which which was a compulsory get out of the building now that was for someone who was a very very powerful salesperson and uh, when they had emotion it literally reeked from them they didn't have the ability to be able to internalize it it had to be externalized we'd rather them do that outside where there were no customers let's say in a family situation no different if you can't process your anger and there's children that are in the room then leave you know go outside and be able to deal with that in a way that you know until you get the skills that you're able to um, to build to the next level to be able to appropriately deal with that amount of anger whilst there's children in the room and you talk to a lot of um, grown adults who had conflict in the home when they were younger and um, you know when they are then dealing with conflict it brings up a whole lot of different emotions so our whole purpose here isn't necessarily just to um, be able to deal in business is it as couples in business we're also realizing there's knock-on effects that are coming into our home that's affecting our partners and as I said it always challenged me a lot more to support somebody through their anger perturbation than it was for me to deal with it myself because when it was myself I blocked out the world anyway when I was supporting somebody else through it it was actually affecting me because sometimes that person would say hurtful things 
um, anger would draw out of them a lot of insecurities for themselves and so their limiting beliefs could sometimes be anchored in me or, or you know I could take those on and think right wow well I never knew you felt like that and anger could then be contagious and so one person could start out angry and the other one quite loving but throughout that process then that person's anger could be hooked in or attached to my anger and then of course I would strike as well so you're getting something that started out being conflict resolution becoming conflict and so then the next time that occurs you're less likely to intervene you're more likely to withdraw to let that person deal with it themselves ineffectively and then you know set each other up in different camps as you know the enemy and that's what I, I meant last week when we talked about putting ourselves in a box and so you know the first thing that I needed to learn was as I was supporting clients through couples through Kent through children through anger is that it was no good if I was going to get roped into the process so I needed to have myself clear around anger and accept that anger is just an emotion like any other emotion so first things first is I needed to get clear for myself on how I deal with anger so that I could see it as a mirror in that person that if it was bringing anything up for me it was an isolated thing it wasn't attached to that person I then needed to be able to distance myself to be able to put up a bit of a barrier or a bit of a, a boundary or a wall to be able to ask a more appropriate question based on what that person needed so let's use the example of that team when we went away and one girl said I like the idea of the, the soccer cards another one said don't ever do that to me I will literally just you know rip your head off I need an email just send me an email straight to my desktop that says looking stressed take some time out and as soon as she got that email up oh, I'll just take a few minutes and she'd go and everyone would be fine with that um, everybody deals with anger completely differently I had asked my team that um, you know if I experienced anger um, then I needed to be left alone completely because I'm one of those people that if somebody gives me sympathy then I drop I drop the basket right there in front of everybody and um, and I can't really hold it together because I'm quite sensitive and so um, for me the if I've been angry one of the worst things I can have is sympathy when I'm needing to use that anger to push through I need very much for everybody to just uh, you know give me my space to be able to work through it on my own and I will go and talk to the people that I need to get myself the right advice because if people just start giving me advice and I'm not ready to hear that advice then sometimes I will strike to kill such as my nature as the hippopotamus and so that doesn't take people very long to respect that fact after they've come into that space now that's fine if I've educated my team around that process okay does that make sense it's fine because if you're not respecting the person when they've told you what's the most appropriate thing to do for them when they're dealing with anger then it's actually not about them it's about you and so that's the other thing that I just want to um, talk about now is that when somebody is dealing with anger in in their way that that they need to best deal with that sometimes we feel the need to be able to control that person or control that process because we ourselves need control and so you know within couples if um, if there's a feeling there that you won't allow that process to take its natural course then the question that I would have is why is it that we're trying to control someone else as opposed to just working on ourselves 
and certainly that was a big area for me is that I would try to control and to look after everybody that was within my team and I used to even refer them as my own chickens okay how are my chickens doing if my chickens weren't happy then me as the mother hen needed to make sure that everything was okay in that camp that was a huge amount of responsibility to carry as my teams grew larger and larger. In fact, I couldn't allow my teams to grow too big, could I? Because I didn't want to take on any more of that burden of, of taking on more team members with more spouses, more partners, more children to create more drama that therefore I had to control. And so that was a process that as I stepped up from you know manager to self-employed to business owner, you know, to investor, I mean, imagine as an investor if you needed to control all of the shareholders and all of the business operations and, and be aware of everything of the goings on, um, you could become a real victim in the end if, um, if you couldn't control everything. And so, you know, it's a process that you need to take on as you go up each rung to just surrender and to let go and trust that, you know, everybody deals with their emotions in an individual way. And the only thing that I can ever do is be there as a supporter to help that person when I'm asked. And so very clearly I would have a process to say, you know, how can I help you best when you're experiencing anger? What is it that you need from me? And then respect whatever it is that they ask for. Now for Kent, he'd say, just leave me alone. And I'd say, that's fine, I can do that provided our children aren't in the room. Okay, so I'd had to set a boundary because without that boundary, then it was encroaching on my controlling nature of my babies or, or my children. And so we set up a, a standard situation, which was, that's fine, I can completely leave you alone. However, if there's children in the room, then you need to go and process that out, outside. You need to get in the car and, and just leave. You don't need to tell me where you're going. You don't even need to tell me when you'll be back. But a text message within the first 10 minutes would put me at ease um, just to know that, everything's on track and you are getting through that and, and, and what have you. And we experience that quite regularly um, when pressure is up because we've got lots of goals that we've set ourselves for the next few years. So there is lots of pressure with small children and businesses and, you know, toing and froing and, and different um, things that happen. Um, and so the psychological stress when it occurs and anger coming up um, definitely then needs to be processed and it's far better to do that um, in an effective way than an ineffective way and so you need to learn how to ask for help ask for support and know how it is that we're going to to process that anger so the story that I'll leave you with is um, literally a story that's really really um, important to me and that is that um, you know years ago I did have a business partner that um, brought up a lot of anger um, for me and you know in fact if I go back there's quite a recurring pattern that you know I would attract to me business partners that um, I would have on a pedestal that I thought that if I partnered with them that they would take me to where I wanted to go because I'd ask them that. I'd say, look, I'll work with you if you can get me to this place. And each and every transaction that I'd done, I had not achieved those goals with the help of that person. And so there was a, a trailing of resentment um, and anger um, that happened because I wasn't able to change them. I wasn't able to change me. And so I think that 
you know, the thing that I found that worked the most effectively is um, as it cycles around and those periods of frustration crop up or, you know, you have those conflicts that, that aren't going away and you keep on moving away from the anger and trying to justify the reason why it just had to happen that way or, or why that situation had to occur, um, there comes a time when that emotion will rise up to the point where you must deal with it effectively and that's certainly when you do need to get some professional help, some outside help and you know I went and had a week and I dealt with a lot of emotional um, baggage that I had been carrying around based on others that I had been worked, working with and the resentment that I was carrying um, not being able to have fixed those people um, with the knowledge that I had and for me there was a process that was very important which was just writing a letter and um, I'd learnt this process as a teenager when I'd had some challenges and um, I had gone away on a, on a retreat that my parents had sent me on and uh, one of the activities on this retreat was to spend three hours in a forest alone and you had to contemplate what it was that, um, you know, what kind of a person you were and if there was any um, things that you felt any guilt around or any sadness around to write them on paper and to write a letter. And so I'd learnt that as a teenager and I've used that for years and years and years as a way to be able to express internally what it was that I was feeling, get it out on a piece of paper. And generally what I've found is you don't need to send that letter at all. But when you're writing it, the intention is very, very clear that you will send the letter. And so then it's really up to the other person as to whether they would like to receive the letter. So the first letter that I wrote, um, I asked the person at the end um, when I'd seen them next was that I wrote them a letter and that I had it with me and would they like to have it. And, uh, and they said yes please and, uh, and so I gave without any attachment, I just gave the letter and it was a process that had let me relax a lot more into who I was being because I was able to explain the situation from, from a point of I. What was I feeling during those, um, those moments of betraying that person's honesty or truth or, or, or boundaries or whatever it was. And so it was just getting me clear with um, what had actually happened for me and just letting them read about it. Okay, so that, that's the process that, um, that I'd encourage. I've done that on several occasions and certainly in the last two weeks I've had a, a huge um, reminder of how powerful that process is. And it's allowing that anger to surface and then write it down in a way that um, really gets the clarity around the, the emotion. And so what is it exactly that you're angry about? Where does it stem from? what would you have changed if you could have changed something and then finally what you would need to do to forgive yourself um, if there was a solution to that. And what I've generally found is once I come up with that solution, what it is that I need to do for me to be able to forgive myself, is then I just put that into action. And once I've put that into action then I've disconnected from the entire um, pain of that situation and move forward. And so a lot of the time when we're dealing with the psychological stress around anger, and as I said, it might stem from a family member or from a spouse or from a business person, is that I needed to get very, very clear on the actual solution for me. And you know, after taking myself through that process, I have sat down with you know, top salespeople within my organizations that you know, really 
For me, I had a decision once between an attitude of this girl or a million dollars in turnover. And, you know, I just had to sit with her and say, look, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the money. I need to, to move forward as a, as a leader within my team and I have to trust that somebody else will appear um, that respects my leadership pattern. Now, that girl moved on and then within 48 hours was crying at the door to be able to be re-employed under the boundaries that I had set and always stuck to those boundaries from then on. That wasn't a test for her, that was a test for me. And as a leader, I needed to be able to realise that that um, anger that was being suppressed between that relationship was actually having a knock-on effect in my family. I was consumed by the resentment I felt for her because I was putting money ahead of the emotion um, that I was experiencing, thinking that just by reaching a, a monetary target that that would bring me more joy or more happiness. And as soon as I turned the tables on that and went towards what was going to bring me more joy and more happiness as a leader and for my other team members and started to take a bit of ownership and responsibility and I got really clear on my part of the process why she had forced me to step up as a leader, then I saw her as simply that, a student in the process of me being able to deal with anger. And very calmly when I explained to her the reasons of why I needed to move forward and, and what it was um, that I needed to do for me, she then turned into one of the greatest students of all of the teachings that I've had. She never admitted it until her very final day of me working with her years and years later. Um, but it was just in a way that um, she responded to the boundaries that I set and knew that I wasn't going to be budged that time. And so I look back on some of these teachers that, um, that I have and it's no longer with any kind of resentment or anger but with a great deal of gratitude that they had come into my life. So think of that person's face once again and just fast forward your picture to the end of your life and think what is it that they're actually trying to teach you? What is it that you're needing to learn to process better and more effectively around anger? And how quickly can you, can you process that so that it's no longer about them and it's simply about yourself? So good luck with that. That's a great exercise to achieve in this next week and I wish you well with it.